Welcome to Precepts of Faith. This is Conrad DeVries. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into today's Bible teaching. Heavenly Father, it always comes so fresh to our minds. What a privilege. How blessed we are to be in the family of God and have the Holy Spirit living and indwelling with our spirit. We give you praise today and we receive for myself and every one of us, uh, we, every one of us, everyone listening to this word of God, um, your word, Father, um, we lean heavily, all of us, on the Holy Spirit to reveal, to illuminate, uh, to enlighten, um, to cause the word of God to not just be the letter that killeth, but the spirit that gives life in the word of God. Um, just open the Word of God. Open what you intend and plan for us, Father, through the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in some previous teachings, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. Uh, this will be number four uh, in going along. The last two were in talking about the flesh, the sin nature. And the one before that was just general overview of spiritual warfare. And we talked about how that spiritual warfare is not just a one-time momentary burst of emotional energy or coming out against the devil. Sometimes it can be that. Um, and sometimes there's time to cast out devils, um, uh, evil spirits, that is, uh, uh, and uh, but generally spiritual warfare is a lifelong um, mental attitude of our minds being renewed to the word of god uh, and putting that word of god into action and so we have three enemies today a believer has three enemies the world and the devil and the flesh and we've been bringing out in previous uh, teaching, the flesh um, is the sin nature. Um, sometimes when the Bible says sin, it's talking about a sin, like someone would tell a lie or steal something or so forth. Um, but many times um, in the New Testament, the word sin is in the singular in the Greek, uh, and it's talking about the sin nature. And it is out of that sin nature that all sins come out. And uh, so really, if, you, if we can learn, and we can, uh, by God's help, uh, how to get the sin nature under control, uh, then it will close the door to the world and to the devil. Like Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place you can actually close the door and not let the devil get in. The devil can't just do anything he wants to unless someone allows him to get in. Jesus, when he was here, he said that the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. He doesn't have anything in me that he can claim. He, he, there's no strife. There's no guile in my mouth. Um, there's no disobedience. There's no... There's nothing that he can say belongs to him. And so he has nothing in me, Jesus said. And God wants us to take on the image and Christ-like way of thinking. 
and give no place to the devil. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him a handle. Don't give him something that he can get a hold to and claim is his. If you do get something like that, then as quick as you can, get rid of it. Get back in love. Get back in forgiveness. Get back in getting rid of resentment and getting rid of any ill feelings, any any anything at all against anyone, any hurt feelings. Um, don't let the devil trick you to think, well, I, I sure we, if, if they just apologize, I could get over this. Um, whether they apologize or not has nothing to do with you and I. We can release them. We can forgive them. Uh, we can bless them uh, by faith uh, in the name of Jesus. Um, we can drop it. We can turn it loose. Uh, we can wipe their slate clean. It doesn't exist in our lives anymore, whether they ever ask forgiveness, whether they ever change, whatever they do. They are not controlling us. And we each are in control of what we think, what we say, what we do. We're free moral agents in charge of our own lives. And, and that is the way that God has planned it. And so I'm going to be ministering, teaching on the Word of God concerning renewing the mind. We've dealt two lessons on the flesh, the sin nature. So there's two avenues that spiritual warfare takes place. It's in the mind and it's in the flesh or the sin nature. So we went quite a bit into the sin nature, at least to become more aware of it. So in this Bible teaching, we'll be talking about renewing the mind, becoming aware that you and I are in charge of our thoughts. The devil can bring a thought, but it's up to us if we allow it to stay there, if we allow it to increase. We can bring every thought into captivity. Um, he tells us in, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, um, chapter 6 and verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And when God speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit, our born-again spirit. God does not speak to our body. He's not a body. He doesn't speak to our minds. He's not a mind. God is a spirit, and spirit communicates with spirit. So God will communicate with your born-again spirit, and your spirit will communicate to your mind to bring those thoughts into your mind. Sometimes that's why you have to get your mind quietened down. The, the, our minds, some of us, I mean, it's good to have a good mind, praise God. It's good to educate it. It's good to know, you know, what's happening with your five senses, what you see, hear, taste, smell, feel. Have all of those things very much accurate and moving. But sometimes you have to get those quietened down and, and, and actually get quiet in your mind so you can hear what your spirit, your born-again spirit is telling you. Because your spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's just like being connected in a network of computers. You can, you can get in someone else's computer as though you're right there. Uh, I know we do things to where we'll connect with someone and they can work in our computer or we can work in theirs just like it was ours right there. 
Well, when you're joined to the Lord and you're born again, your born-again spirit is one spirit with the Holy Spirit. You're joined together. The Bible has a lot to say about we're the temple of God. He shall be with you and he shall be in you. Rivers of living water bubbling up out of your innermost being. We have this treasure talking about these things in an earthen vessel. You have to be in an earthen vessel to have authority on the earth. Once a a spirit leaves their body, they have no authority here. They're still alive, um, very conscious and aware of of many things, um, but but you have to be in a flesh and bone, blood body on this earth. That's where the authority is. Uh, That's why God, in the second person of the Godhead, had to come in the form of a man uh, in a human body to have authority on the earth. Um, we had the first Adam and the last Adam. So a man sinned, and it took a man with authority on the earth to pay the price for that sin. I want to look in the book of 1 Corinthians. These are such beautiful verses here. Chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. But that is, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Many people I've heard through the years quote this verse, and and then that's as far as they go. They say, well, you just never know what God will do. Eyes not seen nor ear heard, nobody knows. But let's just see what the Bible says. In verse 10 he says, But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit um, searches all things, yea, the deep things um, of God. Verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit which is in him? Even so the Spirit of God knoweth no man but the Spirit, um, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, praise God, oh, get this here, for, for we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. We have received the Holy Spirit. We, he is one spirit with our spirit. But we have received the spirit which is of God, that we might know, hallelujah, not be in the dark, not saying, well, I wish I knew. Not saying, well, nobody knows. Eyes not seen, their ear heard. Nobody knows uh, uh, what the will of God is. Uh, he said that we might know. Of course, it has the word might there because everybody is not going to listen to the Holy Spirit talking to them even though he's with them all the time. That you might know um, the things uh, that are freely given to us of God. So we see that by the Spirit of God, which he has given to us, that we might know. We're talking about the renewing of the mind. We're talking about this is where the battleground is. This is where you can keep, you can let things in or you can keep things out with your mind. You as a human being, uh, you are in control of what you think. The devil can bring thoughts, and he will put pressure to try to get you to think certain things. And, but as a human being on the earth, we are in charge of what we think. And verse 13, 
let's look at the end of verse 12 again. That we might know the things uh, that we might know. Hallelujah. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. How are we going to know those? By his spirit that he has given to us. And then verse 13, so powerful. Which things also we speak. First, we must know these things from the Holy Spirit. Then what are we going to do them? They're in our mind. They're in our thoughts. Which things we speak. That is the way we release the things into the earth that are of God. This is the way the plan of God works, through Genesis to Revelation. God the Father thinks it. God, the second person, Jesus, the Word, speaks it. And the Holy Spirit executes it or carries it out. So, you see, the second person is the one that was talking with Adam and them in the garden. The Father has the thoughts, but the second person is there speaking. It's the second person that was in the burning bush. It's the second person that came to the earth in the form of humanity and began to speak the word of God on the earth. But now he has gone back to the right hand of the Father, but now the body of Christ on the earth, he is still speaking through the second person. Jesus is the head of the church, the body, his body is still the one speaking his word on the earth. The Father thinks it, the Son speaks it, and the Holy Spirit brings it, performs it or, or causes it to come into being. So today we are the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head, but it's up to us to hear from God through our spirit and let our spirit get it into our thoughts and, and then us speak what he is saying. So we have the spirit that's of God that we may freely know the things that are given to us of God, which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth them, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth them comparing spiritual things um, with spiritual. I want to share with you what the New American Standard Version says. Um, it says in the end of that verse, um, comparing spiritual thoughts um, with spiritual words. Um, and I think I've mentioned before that one of the teachers at Oral Roberts University, that one of the professors that helped to translate the NIV Bible, that the New American Standard is still, the, in the New Testament, is still the closest thing we have to the original Greek. So it says comparing spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Um, in verse, uh, I found my place here, in verse 14, um, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, and for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yea, uh, 
but but he himself is not judged of no man. Now catch verse 16. This is powerful here. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Not we wish we had, not it would be good if we had, but we have the mind of Christ. When you're born again, your spirit is one spirit with the Holy Spirit, and you have not been given the spirit of the world, but you have been given the spirit which is of God that you might know. There's that know. There's that mind. There's that thinking. There's that thoughts that you might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we speak comparing spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. In other words, it is God's plan to give you his thoughts by his spirit into your born-again spirit, and your thoughts in your mind takes a hold of his thoughts. And then in verse 13 there, which things we speak. What are we to speak? We are to be, we are the body of Christ. And Jesus said, what the Father says is what he says. If the Father doesn't say it, then he doesn't say it. Sometimes I think about when Jesus, when they were beating him in, in the judgment hall, I wonder why he didn't say anything. I say, well, the Father didn't say anything. If the Father doesn't say anything, he doesn't say anything. Whatever the Father speaks is what he came to speak. He came to speak the word of God. And we as the body of Christ, he says, but we have the mind of Christ. What are we to do with it? Which things we speak. And, of course, believe it in our heart, comparing spiritual thoughts and with spiritual words. You know, people said, if I just knew what to do, if I just knew what to do, take a hold of the promises of God, be like Abram, begin to let, let do what he did. God told him, said, I have made you the father of many nations. So he began to tell everybody, call me Abraham, hallelujah, because it's not just A-B-R-A-M, now it's A-B-R-A-H-A-M. The H is the, is the strong consonant in the word Jehovah, Jehovah. In other words, God put part of his name in Abram's name, now he's Abraham. He has God in him. God's name is in his name. And now what God has done today, he has put his spirit within us that we might freely know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we speak, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, I'm sure probably everyone here could quote this verse, and be not conformed. Now that word conformed there means molded under pressure. Do not be conformed. Some people have thought it's just the way you fix your hair, it's the way you dress, it's the kind of shoes you wear. No, it's the way you think. Do not be conformed under pressure. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed like a caterpillar into a butterfly. 
Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not it, it's good to dress modest. You want to dress appropriately. Be a representative of God, but that's not what makes a person a Christian. The, what's different about a Christian is the way they think. Be transformed like a caterpillar to a butterfly. In the case of a caterpillar and butterfly, it's a one-time transformation. But in the case of believers and Christians as you and I, it, from the time we're born again, the rest of our life, we are in a continual being changed and transformed and molded into the image of the one that created us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It is, this is where the battleground is. People can fight the devil. They can do everything. They can, it's good to lay hands on. It's good to do many things. But many people will never get the victory till they get a hold of the Word of God and put it into their thinking and bring their thoughts so that they line up with the Word of God, just like we were talking about forgiving. You say, well, if that person would just ask me to, if they just apologize. That person no more has to apologize than in anything. All we have to do is renew our minds, forgive that person, release it, let it go, think on the good things of God, and, and, and just let that person handle you know, it's up to them if they want to do that or not, but it cannot hold anyone back. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare, we're talking about spiritual warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A lot of people have strongholds and have all kind of fears and they have all kind of resentments. They have all kind of wrong thinking. They have all sorts of things that are strongholds. And you, 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 if there's evil spirits, you can cast them out. But you can't cast out wrong thinking. You can't cast out a long-term rooted wrong thinking that's deep-rooted in a person's thinking. That thinking has got to be turned around. That thinking has got to be changed he says, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge. This goes back to where the battle is. It's in our thinking to the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. People can have imbalances in their thinking, uh, they treat them with all kind of chemicals and drugs and, and praise God for the good that it does um, to try to help balance those chemicals. Um, but the brain itself, they have found, is like a master gland. It secretes over 2,000 different chemicals. Um, tests can be run nowadays. You can think negative thoughts, and there are actually ways medically now to detect those negative chemicals being put out by the brain. Or you can think good thoughts and put out good chemicals. And so an imbalance in, in, in the mind is an imbalance in thinking. And you can always tell what a person's thinking and mainly tell what you're thinking yourself because emotions follow thoughts. You say, oh, but I'm, I, I'm not thinking that. 
Well, it's impossible that you can have this negative emotion and not have negative thoughts. Emotions follow thoughts because every thought is like real estate in your brain. It's an actual physical, literal chemicals in brain cells. And with every thought in the brain, there are physical, literal, emotional chemicals with every thought. And if you don't like the way you're feeling, get your thinking, change your thinking, begin to think good thoughts, change what you think about some things, and you can change that negative thinking and put good thinking in there. Otherwise, uh, what God is telling us here is just not possible or real. But what he's telling us is real. Bring, he's talking to us, to the Corinthians, and that includes us, Every Christian, every believer, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and, and receive the, with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, these are Christians. He's talking here in the book of James, and he's, he's talking to believers. We talk about how many souls got saved and so forth, but really we don't. when we get born again, we get saved in our spirit. And so to the saving of our souls, he's talking about Christians to get their souls delivered. The Amplified Bible in that verse talks about receive with, uh, meekness and uh, receive and welcome the word of God which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. If you want to help a person mentally, get them in the word of God, get them to thinking the word of God. Renewing our minds to the Word of God is putting the Word of God first in everything we do, every decision, every thought, everything like that. It is putting the Word of God first. In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 and 9, he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. This is where many people need this today. We all need it, to find rest for our mind, our will, and our emotions. Come unto me, and you will find rest for your souls. In the 28th verse in the Message Bible, it ends that verse by saying that, that you will have unforced rhythms uh, of grace. Just imagine just flowing with the Holy Spirit, um, the grace of God sufficient meeting your every need, um, and you will find that rest that comes from God um, with unforced um, rhythms um, of grace. Praise God. I tell you, the Word of God is able to heal a person's mind. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, in Romans 7, 25, said, 
I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin, talking about the sin nature. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, wherefore gird up, you could put a U there, the U's understood, wherefore you gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and so on. In other words, it's up to us to bring our emotions into captivity, gird up the loins. You'll find many times in Scripture the loins is referring to to our emotions, gird up the loins of your mind. Ephesians 6, verse 14, he says, Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. Our loins is the emotional part of us. If we will get in the word of God and obey that word, be a doer of that word, it will bring our emotions under control. Some people want to think they just fly off the handle, that their emotions are out of control. It's somebody else's fault. It's their circumstances. But really, God tells us to gird up the loins of our mind and bring them under control by obeying the Word of God. In Proverbs 14 and 30, a sound heart is the life and health of the body, of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bone. The Amplified says, um, uh, a, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart um, is the life um, and health um, of the body. It is up to you and I what we think. It's up to you and I to bring our thoughts into captivity to to the, to the obedience of Christ. In Romans 8 and verse 6, he says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded, the Amplified Bible says, is to have sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. We need common sense and we need reason, but we also need the Holy Spirit so that we can know what is the plan of God, what is the will of God. In the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You're thinking with the flesh, and you're thinking with the spirit. You're thinking one way, you're thinking another. Double-minded uh, is, is unstable in all of his ways. James 4, verse 8, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and cleanse your. I mean, it's up to us. And he's talking to Christians that commit a sin. Cleanse your hands. Go to God. Use First John one nine. He said, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's up to us to bring those thoughts into captivity and to purify them. Let's look at one more scripture today. The book of Philippians, chapter four and verse eleven. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Now, some things God don't just drop on you. He doesn't do it for you. We have to learn it ourselves. He says, for, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I want to share that out of the Amplified Bible. Not that I am implying 
that I was in any personal want, for I have learned. There he says, I've learned by obeying the word of God. I've learned by being a doer of his word how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted whatever state I am, in whatever state I am. We can learn by taking the Word of God and being a doer and applying it, girding up our loins, our emotions with God's Word. Many battles can be won just by taking the Word of God and putting it into action, taking charge of our thoughts. What a wonderful life. What a one, You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have rivers of living water. You have the mind of Christ. Let that mind be in you that was also in Christ. Let the mind of Christ dwell, and he has given us the tools, like building a house. He's given us the tools to overcome the enemy through, through Christ, through his word, through the anointing, to live a victorious life. And remember the words of Jesus in the book of Mark, chapter 9 and verse 23. All things are possible to him that believes.